calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You say, just stay, it's all gonna be okay, so I wait in vain, cause nothing ever really seems to change. What's up everyone, it's Noah Daniels and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Hey y'all, and I'm JJ. Hey guys, I'm Kat. And on this episode, we have Regina Hart. I actually saw Regina on TikTok sharing some of her paranormal stories. And it also turns out that she is dropping her debut single, This Is Goodbye, on December the 21st. So make sure you guys check that out. And I'm sure she'll tell us exactly where we can find it. Regina, how are you doing? Hi. Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been in the paranormal and in the music industry? <laughs> um, so in the music industry, I've I've written lyrics and poetry since I was a kid. Um, and I've written some songs for local artists. I'm in Orange County, California, but I just started really with COVID um, making my own songs. And then paranormal by choice, helping people probably the last couple of years, but not by choice since I was nine. My brother and I drown actually when I was nine. Uh, he fell into the deep end of the pool. He was seven. I tried to pull him out, but he pulled me in and my heart stopped beating for about 13 minutes, his for 17 minutes. So we were airlifted to the children's hospital and put on life support for several days. And then after that, that's when we started, he and I both started having some pretty interesting experiences. Wow. Well, Merry Christmas, Kat, because you've been looking for somebody who meets this criteria to come on the podcast. <laughs> I, well, I have been wanting to talk to someone with kind of a, a near-death experience, but that is literally a death experience. Mm -hmm. um, only share what you feel comfortable with, but that is such an intense story. You said, how old were you again? I was nine, and then my brother was seven. Yeah, crazy day for, we're, we're two of three, so crazy day for my parents, unfortunately. It was really cool to see the family and the community come together after that. And it was just kind of like, how do you navigate afterwards, especially when you're a kid and you start seeing things and feeling things that are 
different. And we were never religious before that experience. And then after we did start going to church after that. Yeah. It must've just been so shocking to all systems. Like yes. for all of you. Wow. Do you remember a lot from that day? Um, I do up until the point of actually going under, I don't remember anything like on the other side visually, mm-hmm. but I do remember the feeling and the feeling was just super comfortable. And like, you just felt like this immense love all around you. So yeah. a lot of people, and I, I heard, um, I think Noah, you said you were afraid of death. Yeah, I was just thinking in my head, I was, yeah. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so good and not mention that because I always mention it at this moment. But yes, I, yeah. I am horrified of dying. Um, you know, honestly, not so bad. Not well, so bad. especially like, if you get to come back. I mean, you were kind of getting the best of both worlds. You know? I guess, I guess you could say that. I don't know. It wasn't a terrible experience though. I wouldn't, you know, I would give it like a four star Yelp review. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A little room for improvement, but a little room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, the aesthetic was a little weird, but, uh, (laughs) and you also had a a pretty serious issue. I saw on your Instagram story where you were talking about, you had an issue with your kidney. Oh yeah. No, that was, um, last year, year, actually this time. Yeah. So today, last year I was actually in the hospital. I had to get a kidney removed. It was just this weird situation all last year and I'm very active and I love yoga. That's like my thing. And I did a yoga practice and I almost fainted and it was, it was the wildest thing. And then I started having heart palpitations, like all these crazy medical symptoms. I went to 13 different specialists over the course of seven months and, um, nobody knew what was going on. And I had had some kidney infections previously but I didn't feel like it was a kidney infection, but they tested everything. And they're like, so your left kidney is um, 9% functional. It is harboring infection. So their theory was that there was like infection being basically slow dripped into my bloodstream, but you can't really prove that, you know? And so they were like, we can take it out and see if that helps. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, if it's not doing anything, take it out. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> At this point I had already been my, uh, hit my out of pocket max. So yeah. Um, take everything go. out of that. I like, I mean, that's for it. that's the so, time to get a kidney removed if ever there is. Mm-hmm. One. Well, yeah. And then it, it's just so funny because a lot of people would be like, why are you getting a kidney removed? And you know, we're in Southern California. So it's like, Oh, it's actually this new weight loss technique. Yeah. yeah you get rid of your like, you know, organs that you don't need. And the amount of people who actually believed me, the terrifying thing i mean how many pounds does a kidney weigh how much like nothing especially because it was like atrophic it was like half the size of a normal kidney (laughs) oh geez wow well before we get too far along we do like to ask our guests on a scale from zero to ten zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all ten meaning ghosts are absolutely real regina where do you kind of fall on that scale ten if there was a higher number for sure but yeah wow So you're maxed out. Did your like ghost experiences start happening after that drowning or near yes. drowning experience? So actual you drowning. you had or actual drowning. What? Yeah. It's so weird because yeah, I mean, technically I did die, but a lot of people call it a near drowning because I didn't stay dead. What constitutes a death? Right? I don't know. I mean, 13 I minutes is asked- kind of a long time. Yeah. <laughs> 
I only ask because my my grandpa allegedly died like two times before he like actually died. So I've yeah. always wondered like, yeah. well, what what is that? But yeah, so your drowning experience really kicked this off. And what kind of things did you start seeing after that happened? Um, so it was it was hard because you're a kid, and so you know when you ask questions to adults, you know they're gonna dismiss you because it's like they're just a kid. And I think when I started becoming really aware of it was when my brother, because my brother gets dream premonitions and I see ghosts, spirits, things on the other world and can sense those energies. That's my thing, but his thing is more dreams. And so I think my parents started to believe us when, um, cause I was just feeling like really weird energy. And I was like, I don't know, I just feel different. And like, of course we go to family therapy afterwards to try to figure it out. And like, I couldn't explain it because I was nine. You know, your vocabulary is pretty limited. But then my brother was like, hey, so why are we moving? And my parents are like, we're not, we're not moving. He's like, no, yeah, we're moving. I had a dream about it. And two months later, we had to move to Nebraska for my dad's job. It was kind of weird. So they kind of started to believe us then. And then the place that we moved actually had a demon living in it. Ooh. So I don't know how how spiritual you guys are on, on your ghost meter, but, um, in the spiritual world, from what I've come to know, there's just various levels of spirits. So there's just like spirits, which are like ghosts. And then there are like angels, demons, the whole thing. Um, in my experience, that's what I've seen. So. And when you say like, there's different levels, I mean, like are, are ghosts like kind of like a neutral level or how does that work? Yeah. For the most part, what I always tell people, cause I've helped people get, evil quote-unquote evil spirits but i don't think spirits are inherently evil i think they're neutral out of their homes before and what i always try to tell them is nine times out of ten they're just frustrated confused or lost so a lot of these spirits that i've come into contact with they're just like not inherently aware that they're dead (laughs) so um you know it's either they've had a traumatic death experience that's been cut short like their life has been cut short Mm -hmm. or um you know cut short by the will of someone else like murder and so there's there hasn't been really that smooth of a transition for them into the afterworld um or afterlife i say i'm christian Um, because the Bible, if you actually read it, not just, you know, listen to what people have to say about it, but, um, it does to me fill a lot of the gaps in from what I've seen and what I've experienced. So I do believe in heaven and hell in that aspect. Um, but I, I don't know if it would be called purgatory, but I feel like a lot of spirits are just kind of roaming the earth lost. Yeah. Interesting. Some people say that like earth is the closest thing to hell for believers and the closest thing to heaven for non-believers. And that kind of made me like, Oh, that's about. an interesting perspective. Yeah. Cause all of us, you know, the, this podcast is kind of, I mean, it is from like a skeptic's point of view. We're all kind of trying to figure out how we feel about ghosts and that kind of thing. All three of us were raised with different type of like religious and spiritual backgrounds. So it's just so interesting to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. But that's really interesting to think because we, we have people come on all the time talking about spirits that are at a location or with an object or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've seen since they were children or, or when they're sleeping. And a majority of them feels like that, like stuck there or 
or just always there or, or like a construct that's built up. It's, it's very hard to pinpoint, but I appreciate your like, this is what I think. Here's where they are. Like, that's really cool to hear. It's really hard because I myself was skeptical for a long time because I'm, you know, for, for up until probably two years ago, I didn't really look at it as a gift, almost like a burden. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, why do I have to see this, feel this, experience this, et cetera. But a couple of years ago, I really came into it that it is a gift because I was able to help somebody whose brother brought in like this witchcraft thing. And then all of a sudden he started acting different. So she sent me pictures of her house. I'm like, you know, I'm, I told her, I'm like, don't tell me where it is, where you feel it, you know, whatever this energy is, just send me a bunch of random pictures of your house and let me see if I can pinpoint it. And I did. And it was like in this one hallway. And then I basically pointed out her brother's bedroom and she's like, yeah, that's, those are the two places where we've seen like, or felt these things. And I don't know where this understanding really comes from. I'm wondering if it's partly because I did have that death experience, but I kind of just have this innate sense of knowing what this energy is, how to remove it, how to get rid of it. And so I told her, okay, well, I think what you should do is get your family in a circle and either pray or meditate. I use those words interchangeably because praying is obviously religious meditation. It's the same exact thing. It's just stillness, reflective stillness. I said, hold, hold everybody's hand, including your brother and either pray or meditate, pray if you're, uh, she was Catholic. So that worked out. So it was like, pray about just good things, positive love, light, mm-hmm. you know, remove any evil. And she said, she did that. <laughs> she called me immediately. And she's like, my brother started convulsing. She's like, what in the world? And I was like, okay, so that's not going to work. <laughs> so you're Catholic. I think you should call your priest and have him come in. <laughs> you know, it's like, so if, the, if that's not, if the little kumbaya circle is not going to work, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> kind of thing. But since then, I've helped a lot of different people and I helped my parents. They will not rent a house, buy a house. They won't do anything until I look at it. Mm-hmm. And that took a long time for them to finally believe me, but it happened. So it's just been proven so many times to me. It's almost like the scientific method. It's like, well, I have a theory that this is what it is. Try this and it works. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that way when you walk into like a public space or like a restaurant or a store, you kind of just get this initial feeling of what the space is like? It depends. So it's something at this point, because I've lived with it for so long that I can kind of tune in and tune out. Mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little too strong to be able to tune out. I know you guys had Jojo on one of your podcasts and he talked about the queen Mary. Obviously I live mm-hmm. 20 minutes away from that. And my best friend got married on the queen Mary oh, wow. and I had been there before for their, you know, public things. But when she got married, we got early access to get on the ship to set everything up. It's overwhelming. Not all of it, but there are specific areas of it where it was just like, oh, I got to get out of this room. Yeah. You know. So like in that kind of situation, I mean, what are you feeling? Are you like sensing, like, are you hearing like specific voices telling you a message or is it more just kind of like a general feeling of uneasiness? It's a little bit of both. Uh, Again, very dependent on that individual encounter. Um, The best way I could describe an angry spirit or, you know, 
somebody who's really more frustrated than anything would be that settle of unease. So like, if you've ever had that knot in your stomach, like you just know something's not right. It's kind of like that. And if I tune into it more then I can figure out what it is. Um, but typically if I'm just out in public, I don't want to tune into it because <laughs> it can be a little much. Yeah. Um, most, like I said, most spirits are super neutral. So it's just, you get the sense that, okay, I'm not alone here. That's fine. Regina, just to kind of hone in exactly like, and it sounds like it may be a mixture of things, but do you see apparitions as well? I have. Um, I have seen demons. Those are terrifying. Absolute sheer terror. I don't watch paranormal movies at all. I refuse. <laughs> it's, it's too real for me. I have seen angels. In my experience, they, they haven't looked the stereotypical like angel on top of the tree kind of thing. They've looked very different in all sorts of different fashions. Um, and then I have seen spirits or ghosts, as you would call them. So and how do you tell the difference between all three of those? For me, it's not so much what they look like, but it's also how they feel. And um, demons, what I've found, look more like, or demonic presences, I would say. Maybe not like demons, how we all think of them, you know, in the movies and such. But demonic president, uh, presence, hmm. Freudian slip. Uh, or demonic presence. So demonic presences, they have been more like shadow figures. And then angels are more just really, really bright. So darkness and light, and then ghosts are grayscale. There's no color. It's it's the weirdest thing. It's really hard. But like you can see the detail and you you know what color their stuff is. It's just like, it's not there. Can you have like a conversation with them or is it more like an internal dialogue or how does that work with you? So for me, um, from what I've noticed is they don't actually talk. It's more like, you know what they're saying but it's almost like telepathy in a sense. Yeah. And it's, you can talk to them, but they don't really talk to you. It's just this feeling of, you know, what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You don't like happen to see anything through the zoom window. Do you? Let me see. No, you're good to go. <laughs> I have this one uh, guest that comes on a lot who sees a woman standing behind us a lot so yeah I don't see anything now I'm not also tuned into it but um yeah what I would recommend I always recommend don't take video of of spirits if you think that your house is haunted don't take a video um and I don't know what it is but ghosts and spirits love mirrors and lenses and I I don't know why or what it is but I have heard of several people where they take video and the, the spirit gets into their phone or camera mm -hmm. um for me i actually can see the spirits better in pictures rather than a video i was going to go back to the part about um prayer and meditation that's such an interesting like view on it i have grown up like learning about prayer and praying you know i was just like in church all the time and raised methodist and we prayed at every meal and it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that I started having a lot of friends that really meditated. When you meditate, you calm your brain, you, you calm mm -hmm. your breathing. You really go into a place where you can like be very thoughtful. I don't even like, like intentional, like yeah. you're, you're trying to be intentional. Right. And I think that mm -hmm. when you're able to be so in tune and in line with yourself and with the world and with, you know, the environment and tune things out like that and slow your brain activity, it's almost like, 
your senses are open to interpret more to the, your surroundings, to the people around you. And I think that would be the ultimate place for prayer too, because then you're really able mm-hmm. to think about what you're wanting to change in the world too. So, yeah, I say this on my TikTok, like I've said it on my live as well. I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of videos on all these things because it literally just blew up like last week, but, um, but I did a live for like a couple hours actually. And a lot of people were asking questions and my whole theory is the first law of thermodynamics is energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It's always either transferred somehow. And that's a universal law of physics for me. I'm Christian, but I also believe that herbs have medicinal properties. I also believe that crystals have spiritual and helpful properties. And the reason why I believe all of those things that a lot of Christians, you know, textbook quote unquote Christians would say is like wrong or evil or witchcraft or whatever. I believe that those things do come from God in a sense that God put his energy in the earth and there had to be some kind of chemical combustion for that one specific mineral to happen. And so like, because energy is neither created nor destroyed, it's only transferred. You're still getting the energy of whatever was put into the earth through that. Same with our food, which I think is why a lot of people are, you know, trying to eat more consciously and everything. Even if not talking about religion, if you're, if you're, and I love talking about religion too, but meditating and like putting that energy into the world. Like if it's positive and it's confident and it's, and it's like self-love too, like, of course you're going to conquer that. Not well, metaphorically conquer the room that maybe you're fearful yeah. that energy that's darker or less confident than you too. So like, I think that's a really good message for anyone trying to kind of sit and be in tune with themselves and the people around them and spread kindness and love and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. And I think we should change this podcast from ghosts into promoting self-love because there we go. Let's do it. What do <laughs> we think? Of zero to 10, how do we all feel about self-love? <laughs> I'm a 10 on self-love. I'm still um, a five on ghosts. But. <laughs> but, you know, Noah's the only one that's actually experienced kind of like seeing a ghost. I thought you were going to say Noah's the only one that doesn't experience self-love. And I was like, thanks. That. That's great. Oh, Noah's the only no. no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, Regina, if you're, but the first episode, I had a thing where I was a kid and swiped my hand through a ghost while playing hide and go seek. Although I'm not really sure if it happened or not. I mean, I have the memory and the other person that was in the room remembers it too, but it just feels kind of like. So that's grandiose. super skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, and, it's, <laughs> and I've told the story so many times. I'm like, I don't know if it's like a forced memory, you know, or a forced narrative from telling it so many times, but. I feel like um, I heard the episode um, where you were recounting that story and you said that it was a like grayscale figure, but like that it had red eyes. Yeah. Like reflective eyes. Almost. Yeah. And I remember I, them being like red tinted. I thought that was really interesting because I had never seen a spirit that had red. Usually they're just black. Like they're, they don't have eyes really. They're just kind of sockets, but it's weird. You can tell where they're looking in the room. Um, so I had one and like, it, w- it was like staring at my phone with the utmost curiosity, which makes sense. Cause he was dressed in like late 1800s garb. But um, so he was like, what is that <laughs> kind of thing? Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. The, the red eyes. I don't know. And it felt, I do like, I just remember being so sure that it was one of my friends. Like I just knew a hundred percent. It was one of them running across the room and I was so excited to like 
smack them with like my 13 year old hand, you know, or whatever, but turned out it wasn't. So you're still skeptical even after that experience? Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of experiences, but I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe a hundred percent in almost anything like, unless like it's super grounded. Um, my therapist has said that I prefer things to be concrete, but I'm also very creative. So it causes kind of like a confliction internally, I think. But I think that's also what makes me very curious, you know, and, and I want to hear all these stories so I can continue to kind of form an opinion. But there are times where, you know, we may have a certain guest on and I reflect on my experience and I feel like, okay, it's definitely real, but then time will pass or time will pass from that interview or from editing the interview. And then I'll kind of reset back to like a five or six. I hope you don't have to have too many more experiences. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm done with that. I have a kid now. I don't, I don't need any more experiences. I'll experience stuff. Just want to hear stories. Um, yeah. I do feel like I relate that way to Noah sometimes because I can be so decisive when it comes to like my job and to like things I'm doing during the day. But it, there's, I don't know. There's something about like, I Noah says this a lot in podcasts that like he's an empath and he kind of takes on other people's emotions. And I feel that really strongly too. I just always feel kind of cheesy, like saying it that way. But I think that's what makes me so indecisive sometimes with stuff because um, it, it makes me be like, well, maybe this is right. Or maybe it's this way, but I, I do like find it kind of a personal goal to be a personal goal to be more like, this is how I believe. And this is what I want to say. And this is, but I mean, my, you know, hearts and, minds are always changing so being open to new experiences and truths is kind of my mantra right now and listening to everybody's stories which (laughs) speaking of stories yeah i would love to hear kind of the story that uh caught noah's ear when when he uh heard your story on tiktok yeah yeah so that's i think that was the one um where my parents first believed me so i was nine drowned my brother was like, we're moving. We ended up moving. That was kind of freaky. We move into our house and we were renting this house in Omaha or just outside of Omaha, a small town called Bellevue. It's not so small anymore. Um, but I told my mom, you know, there's something in my room. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's, it's angry. Like it's in my room. And she just thought, I mean, I'm a nine-year-old kid fresh off of an anoxic brain injury, total trauma. We just moved, you know, she's like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, um, And she kind of just chalked it up to trauma, but uh, you know, my room would be super, super, super hot and then freezing cold the next second. And it was just all these crazy things. And we had the, the old school crank windows. I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. but um, we had the old crank windows and I had it open one day and my closet door was open and my radio was on. It was like one of those stereo alarm clock radio things. And um, all of a sudden the window slams shut, the radio turns off and then the closet door slams closed. And I just look and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I want to be here anymore. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot more stories from then, but, you know, I would tell my mom these things and she's just like, oh, well, maybe it was the wind. And I'm like, it's a crank window. Like, I can't even close it. Like, what are you talking about? Um, But she just didn't believe me, which makes sense. Why? And then we moved. We were looking for a house. 
And I was then 12 at this time. And so my parents were like, okay, well, you're the oldest, you know, you're 12, you can kind of come with us and we'll get your opinion on what you think of these houses. And so we pull up to this house and immediately I tell my dad, like, I don't, dad, I don't like this house. And he's just like, God, we let you come and you're just being a pain in the ass. Like <laughs> stop being prissy. I know it's an old house. It's going to be fine. Like we're not rich. We can't afford like, you know, he just goes off, you know, he thinks I'm just being really rude. And I, I'm just like, okay. And so then we walk in and then I grab my mom's hand and I said, mom, this house is evil. And she looks at me, she's like, what do you mean? And when you walk in, where are you guys located? Atlanta. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. So do you guys have basements there? Yeah. Like crawl spaces, but some people have basements. Yeah, like an actual basement. Mm -hmm. So like, because you're from Nebraska and I go to Kansas. Okay, so. Yeah, I I know about basements. Okay, got it. currently have one but well yes we do we have a basement we don't have a basement it's on the ground floor a basement no hunters is not on the ground floor it is on the ground floor it's where you enter if you're going in through the garage okay but basement is underground underground it's like tornado shelter but I feel like people have those here, no? I think most of it's usually above ground. Think of it being like where we're from it's like every house almost every house has a basement. Yeah, if you have to basement. Then you have a plan of going to your neighbor's basement. Am I just finding out? Am I just finding out what basement means? We have tons (laughs) of basements in Georgia, but of course, there's a door downstairs that leads to the outside. We'll have to start a new podcast. Yeah, that's subterranean, maybe. But so we do have a window. We have a downstairs, and one window is. Never mind. You go. Regina's like, like <laughs> stop the basement bits. Let me finish the story. No, I just, I just wasn't sure because I didn't know how like in depth of a description I have to go. But obviously, we have a broad spectrum, so I'll, I'll describe <laughs> it. A wide definition of basements, but I, my mind I understand. Is, my mind so is in the Midwest. There are these basements, and they're completely underground. But some, so some houses, you walk in, and then there's like an actual staircase, like one staircase leading all the way down other houses, it's called a split level. So that's where your entryway is kind of where maybe your definition cat of a basement would be. Um, and then it goes down maybe like eight, eight more steps into the, the basement and then up eight more steps to like the main floor kind of thing. So it's kind of, that's why it's called the split level. It's split. Um, anyways, so we walk in, that's what this house is to the entryway, grab my mom's hand. And so you can kind of see the basement from this area. And I tell her, this house is evil. She looks at me, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not going down there. Pointing to the basement. She's like, okay, you don't need to go into the basement. She's just like, so like annoyed. At this point, my parents are just more annoyed with me. And so we're walking up the main area and then I immediately get drawn, like pulled to this kid's room. You could tell it was the kids' room because it was like the walls were painted blue and then there were Disney decals all over the walls and everything like that. And so I'm walking around this room, kind of dragging my hand across the walls. And I don't know why, I just felt compelled to do this. And so I'm dragging my hand across the walls and I'm facing away from the the door into the room. My mom walks in and she's like, what are you doing? And I turn around and I'm just 
bawling. I'm just crying. And she's like, what's going on? And I said, I have to get out of this house. And I just start freaking out. I'm like, mom, this house is evil. I don't know why, but I can't be here. I cannot be in this house and you shouldn't be in this house and we can't be here. And so I ran out of the house and I couldn't even like stand on the driveway because it was just so, such a, a crazy feeling intense. And my dad is just like, whatever, we'll just leave. And so we leave. And then later that night, my parents you know, call me into their room and my dad has his computer and he's like, um, so about that house that we went to earlier, um, how, like, why, why did you feel it was evil? And I said, I don't know. It's just the, the little boy was so sad that was there. He was so sad. And, and he's like, so you saw a little boy. I said, no, I didn't see him. I, I felt him though. And he was saying how evil the house was. And he's like, okay, um, so I'm going to tell you this and I don't want you to get freaked out. Just know like whatever this means, like we're, we're getting it together kind of thing. And he's like, so I did some research on the house and several years ago before the previous owner, there was a dad and a mom and a son. And the dad actually locked the mom and the son in the basement and the son ended up dying. And so he's like, so you're coming with us to every house we look at. <laughs> and so that's, that's why now, I mean, it doesn't matter where they're at. They will literally fly me because my dad moves a lot for his job. They will fly me out to see their houses. And I feel like there's a real estate market you could corner, you know, you know I've been trying ever since that TikTok kind of blew up. I'm like, okay, how can I monetize on this? You know, <laughs> I, I like to ask our guests this now in, in this specific situation, you didn't see the apparition or the spirit, but you did feel it in kind of your mind's eye or, you know, in your soul or whatever you want to call it. Can you still like remember what that feeling felt like from that time? Yeah. Yeah. And every time I tell a story, I, I mean, I'm wearing a long sleeve, so you can't really see on the zoom, but uh, I get crazy amounts of chills because it just really does take me back to that, that moment, especially with the ones, the ones being spirits um, that have been, you know, murdered specifically and kids, especially it's just this overwhelming sadness well, you mentioned yeah. that, you know, one thing that has kind of made you consider this um, a gift and not, I guess we'll say like a curse or something, is that you have been able to help people or maybe mm -hmm. potentially help spirits move on. Are there any stories where that's happened that have kind of impacted you or other people that you would want to share? Um, yeah, so... So I had the first, the first time that I thought it was a gift with that friend whose brother brought in like some weird devil candle or something. And <laughs> don't, don't get stuff from witchcraft stores. Just don't do it. Even if you don't believe it, just don't like better safe than sorry. Kind of thing. I just bought a monkey paw. Is that part of a witch? Do witches use monkey paw? It's like a, uh, did, did you never read the monkey? Yeah. Pod? You make wishes and great things happen, right? No. Like, yeah, it, it, Yo, I don't even know what a basement is. So um, why would I know? Like, <laughs> I have no idea what a monkey pot is. Right. I, I don't know. Um, I don't deal with like Ouija boards though or anything like that. Because for me, it's like, uh, why, why 
call it upon yourself. You know, even if you don't yeah. believe it, it's just like, why even tempt it? You know, so you're not, you're not in for the real hauntings live seance. Then we can scratch you. Off the guest list. <laughs> yeah. We could scratch that one off. I'll, I'll come afterwards and clear out all the spirits. How about that? <laughs> I will say it does scare me a little bit that like the most believable guests we have on are all like, yeah, no, I'm not fucking with your seance. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't mess with it. It's just why? You know, these spirits, so we're, we I don't want to take... scream. I mean, that's why we, well, I just don't want to take any spirit that is already at peace mm-hmm. and, and disturb them. I've done that before and they're very karmatic. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. And so I just don't deal with that. You know, if they're there, I'll help them out. I'll listen to them. I'll validate them. I'll assure them. So like, that's, that's the other thing that if you feel like you have a spirit in your house, try to assure them that they're okay to move on because they're obviously there for a reason. They're either frustrated, they're lost, they're confused, or they're attached to something that they think they need to protect that doesn't, you know, warrant their protection anymore. And so nine times out of 10, when my friends are now people from TikTok have come to me (laughs) to get some help, you know, it's just like, okay, just assure them like this is their energy level. They're just protective of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Assure them that you will watch out for the house or whatever item this is, or just throw away the item. That's what I usually start with. <laughs> but, um, and then, or, or the land, like you'll look out for it and it's safe and they can move on and, you know, they can rest easy knowing that, that it's going to be okay. And, um, actually just most recently, a few days ago, somebody reached out to me through, um, she found my TikTok and she reached out to me through Instagram. She had been having these issues where they couldn't get a full night's sleep because they just kept hearing creaks and like noises and doors closing and all this. And then, um, these noises were more in her bedroom, uh, this, this woman's bedroom but then it started going into her son's room and that was a little too much for her, obviously as a mother. And so I, I have her take pictures of her house, like throughout, you know, different areas where she thinks she sees it. And sure enough, I, I asked if there were, I saw two spirits in the pictures. And so I asked, you know, do you feel like it's only one or do you feel like there's more than one? And that's when she's like, yeah, no, there's definitely more than one. I was like, okay. And she, she let me know that her house was built in the nineties. So she didn't understand what had happened. And a lot of people think like a newer home means it's not going to have spirits in it. And that's just not true. But, um, these people had about, I would say, you know, maybe 1930s clothes on. And so my, my guess to her was that they probably owned the land or they worked on the land and the energy that I got from, from the pictures, from seeing them in the pictures was that, um, that they died in a tragic accident, but they left behind a child. And so that's likely why they're being drawn to her child. And so I said, what I would do is, you know, are you religious? And she's like, yes. And so I said, okay, with your son, maybe, you know, just pray or, you know, say out loud, hold his hand and say out loud that, you know, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for being concerned with us. 
um, but we are protected and you can move on and we will watch over the land and we will watch over and, you know, you as the mom say, you'll watch over the son. And she says that she did this and that was the first full night's sleep that she was able to get with no noises. And then I checked back with her um, yesterday and she said that she still hasn't had anything happen. When you are um, helping people and um, like, let's say, you know, like I had some kind of uh, spiritual problem with my house and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a religious person. I don't, I don't, you know, I usually say I'm either atheist or agnostic. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that kind of hampers, um, that would hamper my ability to deal with this kind of issue or, or do you find that there are ways for non-religious people to kind of uh, exercise spirits from their homes? Yeah, it depends. That's a great question. And it depends. And that's why it's one of my first questions that I usually ask, because that's going to determine how I would recommend you going about getting rid of the spirit. Um, specifically, if a spirit's attached to you, which um, a spirit can become attached to a person, in my experience, um, if they feel more chaotic, like somebody's trying to get them to leave, because if you try this and it doesn't work, you're just going to piss it off. And that's when things are going to start moving across the room because now they're agitated because now it's like, they're, they're kind of like, they know they're not wanted there, but they like, you haven't fully gotten them to leave. So like, so I, mean, I went through the motions of trying to like, like spray holy water or something. The spirits would be like, I see what you're doing, but like, I know it's bullshit. Like yeah, pretty much. I mean, and, and that's the other thing too, is like, okay, when, when I see a, a picture, I can tell if it's like a neutral spirit, like where it's at on the spectrum. And if it's some kind of evil spirit, or if it's been throwing things at you already, that's when I say, don't even try. Like, cause already it's agitated. And so if you are non-religious, I would always recommend getting a medium. If you're comfortable with a priest in your house, then, you know, do that. But I always like to respect people's beliefs um, because then the medium specifically, they're able to go in, take that spirit, basically allow it to attach to themselves and then they can get rid of it. But if you get a spirit out and it's just kind of now it's just agitated, pissed off, floating around, you're if, if you don't have that kind of stronghold of faith or that like shield, I guess, you know, that protective kind of spiritual layer, um, your guard is down. And so it very easily can start to attack you or attach to you. So that's just kind of I it doesn't mean you can't get rid of it. It's just my methodology that I would recommend for somebody to try to get rid of it would be different. I almost feel like it, it, you have to believe in what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're thinking to really let it take effect too. Like, yeah, hundred percent. If you because, want, I mean, surrounded by like good light and good energy, you have to believe that like when you're saying it and when you're meditating on it, when you're like manifesting it, like that's, what's going to happen. And that's yeah, absolutely. So no, I don't think if you don't believe in holy water, JJ, <laughs> and you spray it over the room, it is not going to work. It's just going to get everything wet. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also understand that um, there have been a lot of times where people come to me. Um, well, I don't want to say a lot. There's been like three that, you know, they did have a priest come in and it made it almost worse. And so that's when I will remind people that just because somebody is a pastor or a priest 
doesn't mean that to their heart of hearts, their core, their soul, they do believe this. Mm-hmm. And so th- there is, you know, a level of you have to truly believe it. And maybe that's where, you know, that cognitive dissonance fills in. And maybe that's where some of the skepticism comes in is, you know, the people who do truly believe it are typically the ones who will see it or will help, you know, get rid of these things, things like that. But, you know, cause otherwise, again, you're kind of half-assing getting rid of this, this being that's on a completely different, you know, plane of existence. And well, now it's just pissed off. <laughs> Regina, what do you think about the noise that has been like bleeding through a couple of our podcast episodes. I mean, obviously we don't know if it's something supernatural. It is odd that it tends to sound similar, but it's usually slightly different. Um, and we had it happen again. Like, I guess the last episode we posted, we had um, some listeners reach out and be like, Oh my gosh, did you hear at such and such minute? Uh, the whispery ghosts came back. Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram actually. Um, from your last podcast. I mean, is that that a thing that can happen? Like can ghost, does it need its own podcast? Why does it keep (laughs) trying to get in with us? I mean, it's a supernatural podcast. So it kind of makes sense. He's like, excuse me, you're getting, you're getting clout off of my existence. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Give me credit. Um, So what I would say is likely one of your guests probably had a spirit in itself because again with like I don't know what it is I haven't figured it out yet but like with mirrors and lenses like it's a thing I will I refuse to buy secondhand mirrors I refuse um just I don't I don't know if it's like an interdimensional portal like with glass I'm I don't know but that sounds really I'm sure Neil I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson has the answer to it all but um I don't (laughs) so it was our most haunted guest who saw it. I mean, I would say Amanda is about as haunted. I mean, she's, she has opened doors for ghosts and people look at her like, what is wrong with you? There's no people trying to walk through. Yeah. So then it's very likely that they could have gotten stuck into, you know, one of those electromagnetic waves or something like that. Because I, here's the reason why I tried to deny what I even saw for so long. For so long, I tried to justify it. I tried to be like, ah, well, maybe this or that, the other, you know, we can only see like this much of the color spectrum, you know, in, in our world. It's like, so if that's just color, like what else are we missing? And for the listeners, you know, it was about an inch in case you were. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This much, like, yeah, about an inch. <laughs> I don't know the percentage and I don't want to throw out arbitrary numbers, but um you know, if you, I'm sure quick Google search, you can figure it out. Like you see a very minimal piece of the color spectrum. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, our eyes aren't really that good in that sense. And so what else are we, are we missing? What else are we not seeing? And so there are different wavelengths, especially with technology. Now, I think we're, we're starting to see everything that we haven't really been able to see before. You know, and so it's possible to suck in one of your mics. (laughs) Oh gosh. Do you, um, do you put any stock in like people using electronic equipment to talk to ghosts? Like there's that app, um, that's popular people use on their phone and then people use like, um, spirit boxes. Uh, do you put Um, any stock in any of that stuff or does that feel a little hokey to you? It feels a little hokey to me personally. Um, and here's the thing. 
you're going to see whatever you want to see. You're going to hear whatever you want to hear. You know, what, whatever you go looking for, you will find it. And so it could work. I don't want to discount that it doesn't work because I haven't really tried it. But the reason why I haven't tried it is because it's like, I don't need that you are to know that box. ghosts are real. <laughs> yeah, I am the spirit box. Um, yeah, but I also won't mess with like Ouija boards or anything like that. But do I know that they could work? Sure, perhaps. It's it's the same thing with like psychics and stuff like that. Like I have, you know, this level of, I guess some would call psychic abilities to like talk to different spirits and see spirits and all that. So I really like going to psychics because the good ones will be able to tell right away. They're like, are you like, are you also kind of a medium, you know, but the, the bad ones are like, oh, let me tell you this. And it's such, such bull, you know? Yeah. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. So outside of spiritual and paranormal talk, um, what was it that made you decide to pursue your own writing? It, well, you've been writing forever, but like singing and performing it. Um, yeah. So a couple of different things. So after you, you die, you search for purpose. <laughs> okay. So, um, know, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's, it, it kind of puts this level of I'm here for a reason on things. And so there have been times, I mean, we've all, I think every person probably listening has felt, you know, the, the ebbs and flows of emotional stability. So, um, I'm no different. I've definitely gone through some dark parts of life and, um, I've had a very interesting childhood and, I would love to say that the drowning was the most of the trauma, but it was not. And so I think, you know, my purpose, because I, I, I'm here for a reason, you know, otherwise I would have died. Um, so I think my purpose is to really share my, my experiences, my truth, share myself, share my story um, so that other people going through these things see a little or feel a little more seen and heard and understood and know that they're, they're not alone. Um, and so that's really what promoted me to take my writing more public 
and to really step above myself, I guess I would say it's not really stepping outside of myself because it's very much me and my raw vulnerability, um, but to step above myself to really push this, this public of, Hey, you know what? It's all good. We all go through this. So, and then I also got my heart broken, like at the beginning of quarantine from a dude on hinge. So, I mean, that kind of also sparked it, but that like, shit will write <laughs> books. It's fucking sucks, but for 20, 20 songs and counting, 20 songs and counting. So. Well, you know, so if got we wanted, album. if we wanted to check out your music or kind of follow your story, um, do you want to tell our listeners your Instagram, your TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. So all my handles are at Regina underscore heart underscore and heart is h-a-r-t and then i also have a website reginaheartmusic.com it's nothing fancy just there um and i i would post more i would say i post more of my paranormal stuff now more on tiktok um but if you don't have a tiktok you know i have instagram I have a Facebook, but I don't, I mean, is anybody even on Facebook anymore? Yeah. Is that like a thing? And how will, I feel like that's where the spirits are hanging out. Instead, <laughs> you know? I mean, that is almost kind of a dark joke because I hate to say it. There are like people I've lost in my life. And then you'll see like on Facebook, Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. And you're just like, ah, oh, come on. Like they passed away. This is, it just makes me, it always makes me feel so weird when that happens. Facebook is going to be like a massive, like virtual cemetery. Cemetery. Maybe that's like what their whole end game is. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's in it for the long con. He's actually competing with ancestry.com or something. Oh gosh. Well, started (laughs) to uh, rate the hot girls at his college and, now his end goal is to just make it a big worldwide cemetery yeah exactly (laughs) well what a transition to this question so where can our fans actually download your uh, debut single on the 21st yeah yeah so um uh spotify apple amazon it's getting distributed to napster again another yeah i didn't know this and then they were like oh yeah we'll distribute it to napster i'm like i mean if it's included you don't have to but (laughs) and what is the name of that single again this is goodbye and it's just my name regina hart i hope you enjoy it yeah well regina we hope that this isn't goodbye from you to the real hauntings audience because this was a lot of fun and we do try to bring back some of our favorite guests um, in interesting fun ways um, and do some neat things for the guest and for the fans so hopefully we can get you back on the podcast again yeah i'd love to thank you guys so much for having me i appreciate it we're back on the 21st can't wait to listen yeah thank you thank you so much that was super spooky about the kid that died from the abusive father in that house. So I, I don't Did know. She said that the mom passed away too, and the kid, or is it just, just the kid? Just yeah. The kid? I, I like when we have a little bit more serious um, conversations too. It's just like people all over the place go through so many different types of things. And this experience seemed to really ground her and help her search for who she is and what she yeah. believes in. And, 
and that's more than a lot of people can say. So I loved hearing that. So when cool. I know Kat, you've been wanting to talk to somebody who had a near death experience and it was interesting the way she said, I died. I have never really heard it. I mean, I understand what she's saying. It's like she coded, um, which I guess is death, but I've always heard it as a near death experience, kind of how you had framed it. What was it like getting to hear that story and kind of what she went through? In my head, near-death experiences before, you know, modern medicine were death experiences and they did not come back. So I think like science has continued to develop and it will continue to develop. And it's really amazing that they were both, they both made it out of that because my line of work is an occupational therapist with infants um, that are either born with disabilities or go through traumatic experiences. And I've had a few suffer intense lack of oxygen to their brain, one who has passed and some that come back even more regressed than they were when we started. So it's, it doesn't happen for everyone for them to come back fully and be able to tell their story. So it's, it's really, it is a miracle in the sense of modern science that we're able to talk to them and, and hear their experiences. And especially like if they do remember things that happen when they die or, you know, whether that be afterlife or supernatural or whether it's their brain firing off last minute neurochemicals through yeah, their synapses or whatever it may be. Does it make you believe her stories or just stories in general about the supernatural when you hear somebody talk about an experience like that and then they describe their relationship with the supernatural starting after experiencing something like that? I truly believe that an experience, it almost takes an experience like that for some people to be able to be more in tune with the environment around them or, or their connection with whatever energy is around them. And I absolutely believe everything that she's experienced and everything that she told us, whether it would be the same for us if we went through it, I don't know. I just like could go all day listening to those kinds of stories, you know? Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny that I think she was trying to bring me some comfort uh, because she knew that I have a fear of death by letting me know that the process of expiring wasn't that bad. When all I could think of in my head, my, you know, I was just like, oh my God, she died. <laughs> like I couldn't, I felt no comfort, which I guess I should have, but I just, it wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. It scares me. JJ, what, you know, being our most hardened skeptic, most hardened. How does that affect you hearing, you know, a story like that? Cause I did, I did think hers was one of the more interesting like narratives we've heard as far as like an introduction into the supernatural. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty amazing story um, for sure. And I, I mean, that story about her checking out the house with her family is really creepy um, and like unsettling. Um, especially how her family reacted, which is, I feel like how a family would react, right? They'd be like, Oh, the teenagers being a brat yeah. kind of thing, you know? I love that. You know, her family came around to it and we're like, you know what? We believe you. Um, that's what a happy story. I like that, you know, but I don't know. It's, it's so hard when we don't really know these people other than, you know, our, our 50 minute interview with them. It's, it's just hard to know like what to believe, I guess, because, you know, my own mind is like kind of hardwired to believe in more the kind of scientific approach um, in the skeptical approach. Uh, so, you know, it's, 
not that I, I think anyone coming on is really lying to us, but it's just what we as individuals perceive as reality isn't always objective reality, but I don't know. It's, it's a tough, tough place to be in. I will. I do need to share something that spooked me recently. Oh, yeah? I've been so excited to tell the podcast this. JJ has a different point of view on it, but that's okay. So, well, maybe not. So uh, I sometimes will fall asleep without a pillow on purpose. Like I'll take the pillow out from behind my head and I just want like a clear neutral neck when I'm sleeping because I don't know. It just, just feels like good. as a flex to prove you can do it or no, just cause it's comfortable. Like my head hurts from being like flex, you know, kind of looking down all day at the kids I work with or the phone I'm on or the computer yeah. I'm on and I fall asleep really peacefully and it feels great. And I woke up and my pillow was perfectly placed behind my head. Now I had put the pillow on the bed, like kind of by my feet. So there's a chance I like sat up in bed, grabbed it and put it behind my head. Okay. I wake up and I'm like, okay, maybe I did that. I put it on the floor next, woke up again and like ask JJ or ask me as I'm telling you, <laughs> I wake up constantly tossing and turning or like to the, when he moves or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, so I moved the pillow. So if I were to like sit up and pick up a pillow and put it behind my head, I'm sure I would wake up to that. Um, I talk in my sleep, but I've never really like done anything else in my sleep anyways. So it was behind my head. I put it on the floor. I woke up again, perfectly placed behind my head. I did it a third time, put it on the floor next to my bed and woke up again with it perfectly placed behind my head. I had no recollection three times of like putting it back behind my head. Now, did you tell JJ while this was going on that it was happening or did you tell him the next no, day? No, because it's not like I like felt it during the night. I would just wake up and be like, generally, genuinely like what I am trying to sleep without a pillow and there's a pillow behind my head. Did you get any like spooky sensations or anything no nothing like that there was one night this week where i had a very scary dream and woke up like not wanting to open my eyes not wanting to get out of the covers but it was different than the pillow night you did tell me that morning that that had happened and what was your reaction jj well my reaction was the person who gets up in the middle of the night and starts speaking gibberish to me probably just grabbed a pillow in her sleep and put it behind her neck. I what don't. Is, <laughs> you do. You totally. I do. speak gibberish. I don't do it all the time. Not what is her? Time. What does her gibberish also, sound like? It's honestly just like just like getting up and going. <laughs> it's like more. I can understand what she's saying because of the intonation of her voice, rather yeah. than any actual words. Do you ever try to talk back to her or you just kind of let her go through her process? I usually go, oh, okay, that's great. And then we'll go back to sleep. Now, my, I dis distinctly remember, I must have been younger than 13 because my, no, I must have been younger than like 12 or 11 because my oldest sister still lived with me um, at my childhood house. And I distinctly remember her waking me up and being like, Catherine, Catherine. And I was like, what? And she was like, why do you want to kill yourself? You were just saying oh, God, that. Cat, that took a turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it did. to the uh, pillows. <laughs> so I've definitely like, yeah, I did. Well, trigger warning. Sorry, guys. But no, absolutely am known for talking in my sleep. But do you ever now? Um, I don't talk per se in my sleep, but I will scream myself awake because I have a lot of nightmares. So I'll like have a situation in a dream where I want to scream. Or, you know, how in dreams sometimes like you try to hit something and you can't hit or, you know, one of those like weird yeah. interactions in a dream that kind of 
I just know I want to get out. And so I'll try to scream and I will literally like my mouth doesn't open. So it's a closed mouth scream and it'll wake, I'll wake myself up. I have super creepy. Wow. That's terrifying. I've never done that, but I have woken up like hysterically laughing a couple times, not while we did it, but I think hysterically laughing and one time crying and a lot of, okay. Other than that, my dreams are usually like, I'm trying to get gum out of my mouth and I can't do it, which probably means I'm asleep with my mouth open and my mouth's dry. Yeah. And then, um, I constantly have these two other dreams, one where I'm driving a car and suddenly I'm in like the back seat or the passenger seat and I can't control the steering wheel. And we like fly off a cliff or through a town or down a hole, or I have to really go to the bathroom and I keep trying throughout the dream, but I just can't go. I think you and I must be similar in the way our brain chemistry approaches sleep. When I studied psychology in college, I had a professor say that if you're a very vivid dreamer and you're a light sleeper, odds are you're not reaching a deep level of REM sleep like a lot of people. Um, and so that's what kind of makes those surface level interactions boil up where you might talk or walk or for me it's having those super vivid dreams and being a light sleeper like my guess is that's probably why we have night terrors too I think all that is probably connected well I was just about to connect that you know when we do take those rare naps like in the middle of the day or whatever when we actually do go into deep 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 sleep our brains are probably still trying to wake up which makes us have those paradoxical Sleep paralysis. Did we just crack this? I think we did. I think we, we solved it. it. All right. Podcast Code solved. Podcast over. Ooh. No ghost. It was brain chemistry. All <laughs> of the um, JJ, do you do you have any weird dream stuff or you just close your eyes no, and go to sleep I, and wake up? <laughs> I don't have I've had like night tears twice in my life, I think. Okay. But both times were like when someone else who was sleeping in the room also started screaming. One was at like a church lock-in. Oh, gosh. Me and my buddy, I I guess we're just screaming at each other in the middle of the night. The other time I was doing this kind of like work volunteer abroad thing and I had a roommate and I just had this dream that I was like yelling at my roommate who I got along with really well. Um, but, and then I, I woke up in the morning, I think he was either gone or I just like got ready and like, didn't see him. And then I saw him later that day in our like cafeteria at breakfast. And I was like, Hey, this is a really weird question, but did I scream at you last night? And his eyes just got really big. And he was like, why are you asking that? And I said, well, I had this dream and I thought I was like yelling at you in the dream. And I just kind of woke up and I thought maybe I had actually yelled at you in my sleep. And he was like, well, I don't know about that, but I also had a dream that I was just screaming at you. So I think both of us were like screaming at each other in our sleep and neither one of us woke up from it though, which makes me wonder like the people who like had a room above us or next to us. Like what, what the hell did they think was going on? JJ, some people might call that a supernatural interaction. It, but those people are uh, stupid, honestly, <laughs> uh, because it was just, it was just weird sleep stuff. So. Well, goodness. So anybody that's still listening to us talk about our sleep. <laughs> Thank you so much. You must be true fans and we love you. Yes, you. So <laughs> let us know how you're feeling. If you have any stories or weird coincidences that you heard, email us, Instagram us, TikTok us.
guys. Send us a letter. Patreon. What's it called? Patreon us. Whatever you need. We're yeah, here. make sure to check out our Patreon. We just launched it. It's patreon.com slash real hauntings. And like Kat said, we really do appreciate you guys. Um, you have made doing this podcast so worth it. I don't think any of us quite expected the reaction we would get from doing a podcast where we just questioned if ghosts were real. I mean, it's it's been a blast. So yeah, guys, thank you all so much. And by the time this episode comes out, uh, the holidays will have passed, but we certainly hope that you all have had great Christmas or however you celebrate the holidays. Hopefully it's been exactly what you want. We know this has kind of been a weird year, but I firmly believe that 2021 will be much better. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.